How are you, Nance? Hey, Jen, I'm good. Welcome to episode 11 of On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy. Should we tell them about the new schedule? We should. Yeah. So if you have been listening to the beginning, since the beginning, thank you. And we talked about doing 10 or 12 episodes for season one. And we met recently and we have decided to do, wait for it, 16 episodes. That's how much we love you. We can't stay away. And so, yes, for season one of On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy, you can expect 16 full episodes. And we thank you so much for coming on this journey with us for all 16 episodes. We really appreciate it. How was your week? My week was good. How was your week? My week was great. Got any fun stories? Do I? Nope. Oh, I drove my car off a cliff. That happened. I'm Actually, right. like I Thanks could tell asking. some funny stories, but I saw <laughs> I saw on Facebook that you have a way funnier. Well, I don't know how funny it is, but the picture was oh, like it's funny. funny in hindsight. I just like that I got a text message from you. Like I opened your text message and it was just a picture of your truck in a ditch. Yeah. Sort of hanging. So the issue is we talked about it before that I was like slightly embarrassed because I drive a giant truck. So if anyone didn't listen to that episode, just to let you know, my truck is huge, but we do use it a lot for the space. And it was a little bit expensive. I think it was maybe 80 or $85,000 that car. That's why it looked so good in that ditch. (laughs) I was terrified when I saw it in the ditch. So there's these logging roads up by our cottage, and there's like four miles of logging roads. And out of the entire four miles, there's one hole, and it's about six or seven feet wide by the side of the road, and there's a river running underneath it. I did not know this. But how did you... Okay. So my mom and stepdad are visiting from Victoria. Shout out to mom and Sam. We had this super relaxing afternoon at the lake. We swam. It was super cold, but we did it. We swam. We had a tiny bit of wine. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's go down. We have time for a nap. I said, just before we have this well-deserved nap after swimming and wine, I'll do a quick loop around the lake just to show you the walking part. And there's where you can walk tomorrow if you want. And long story short, there's this tiny little bridge at one point. So I'm like, I'm not going to risk going over the tiny little bridge with the giant car. I know that tractors go over that bridge and stuff, but I'm like, it would be just my luck to break that bridge going over it or to get stuck. So I went all the way around. And then at one point I'm like, okay, you've seen enough. Let me just back up and reverse (laughs) and let's go have our nap. And I backed up and it was like, I can't even describe it. It was not like a super giant. I think what happened is the earth there, the only seven feet of river, was soft. And so when we backed up over it, the tires, the car was so heavy that the earth collapsed underneath us. So we had this slow collapsing thing. And then, boom, we went back. And not enough to like jolt us or, or like have any just like, holy shit, what happened? Now we're like on a 45 degree angle. Did you realize what was happening? Like while it was happening? Were you like, oh, no, it happens. I don't want to say like it happened so fast because there was like this three seconds of earth collapsing underneath us. But I was like, oh my, oh my God, what just happened? Like, I swear to God, there's like land behind me. How did we fall? So we have to get out of the truck, which is also a nightmare because now we're on. There's three rows of seats and we're on this angle. So everybody's like trying to climb out of the car. And I was pretty sure in my head, like, oh, I'll just be able to find the four by four button 
and and get out. And then I saw it and I was like, holy crap, what have I done? Who was all in the car? You, your mom, Sam? So me, my mom, Sam, and the kids, Ellie and Louie. And when I saw it, three wheels were in the air. Like one, well, I shouldn't say that. One was like completely buried in mud. The other one was in the air. And one of the front wheels was in the air. So there was no way that 4x4 was going to get out. We should post a picture of this on Instagram. I will. I will do that. And so then I had this giant fear because the car was sort of balancing on the chassis. So I was like, I don't think it has any damage right now. But nothing like this has ever happened to me before. So I'm like, what if the car gets damaged getting pulled out? So right now I'm just thinking about the cost. Like, I'm totally freaked out. We've only had it a year and a half. And I'm totally freaked out that either by what I've done or what's going to happen getting pulled out is going to, like, crack the chassis. I don't even know if that's a thing. I think I heard oh, saw that in a movie once. Do you know that I was just made a mental note to ask you after what a chassis is? Because it <laughs> seems like something that only existed in the 50s. And I was like, what is that? Are you, like, talking about the axle between them? I think I'm talking about, like, the piece, the thing under the car that keeps the front half and the back half connected. In my head, that's that, what it is. Right. And so I certainly didn't want that cracked. I, would, I, I was just about to Google it, but I think we should just call it a chassis. Yeah, let's do that. The okay. chassis. So that sounds traumatizing. Did some, so the tow truck came and got you guys? It worked okay, actually, because we called, because it's pretty new, we have 24-hour roadside assistance. And by sheer miracle, the card with the number and the serial number of the car was in the glove compartment, shocking unto itself. And I called and they were there within like 20 minutes. What? Must have been a slow day. Wow. But the guy shows up with like a semi flatbed truck, like almost like I won't want to say an 18 wheeler. I don't want to exaggerate, but let's say 12 or 16 wheeler. Like it was huge. And I was like, I think you might be too big. And he just shrugged because we have to, we walked down. It was like a mile. So we have to get back up to the logging roads. But I guess they sent this flatbed truck. Because if there's something wrong with the truck, he can tow it onto the flatbed and take it to a dealer. Have you anyway, been, have you been towed before? Nope, never. It's pretty exciting. Well, this was pretty exciting too. Did you tip him? I did. So he just shrugs when I said, "Like I think you're too big," and he was like, "Like to look like I- I'm here. Do you want to try this, <laughs> this or do you not want to try this? This is your only option right now, lady." So we're deep in the heart of Quebec. He doesn't speak English. So Elliot and I have to go together in the truck because he has to drive us back up because we don't have a truck. So he's going super slow. And then there's this tiny little bridge, different tiny little bridge than I was talking about earlier. But it's super tiny for like a semi. And I thought when he saw it, he's going to be like, nope. And he just shrugged again. And his whole attitude was, well, let's just keep going forward until we can't go forward anymore. My mom was behind on her bike. And she said, like, the steps to the truck that we were in cleared the little um, decorative sidewalls <laughs> on the river. So by like three inches. Oh so he barely made it over. And then it took him like, I don't know, I'm going to say 20 seconds to pull it out. Like, no big deal. Wow. It was nothing. And just popped out. No damage. He drove it on the logging road for like 50 yards there and back. And he got out and he said, looks totally fine. Wow, cool. And I said, do I do I owe you anything, signature? And he said, nope. And I tipped him 20 bucks. Nice. Yeah. And then we drove down. There was a ti- We have little steps on our giant truck, too, to get in. There was just like a tiny little bit of dry dirt on one of the steps. And my stepdad took a broom and swept it off. And that was the end of it. 
So in hindsight, it was like nothing. It, it started and finished within 90 minutes. Wow. And there was no damage to the car. You're so lucky. I was so lucky. But in between those 90 minutes, I was like super stressed. So did you swear your family to secrecy or does Renault know that the that oh. you drove his car into a river? Well, this is the thing about husbands. <laughs> do you tell them or do you not tell them? And this, when you do tell them, you have to be prepared for the reaction. Because in your highest dreams, in a perfect world, they're going to be supportive. And they're going to rally to do everything they can to help you. Mm-hmm. That did not happen in the situation. He wasn't mad. Like, he was just, like, confused. Like, well, how did this happen? Why did this happen? What were you doing? Like, I was driving and backing up. Like, well, how did that happen? Why were you backing up? Why didn't you just go around the lake? So, like, a hundred questions about that it's too little too late. Like, <laughs> okay. nothing is helpful. I was backing out to avoid driving into the river. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, there's only one hole up there. How did you manage to find it? And meanwhile, I'm thinking... That's your land. You couldn't have put like a little fence there or a warning. If there's only one hole in four miles, maybe mark it. So I told him that and he did not take kindly to that. So (laughs) I did hang up on him a few times, at which point he texted me and said, stop hanging up on me. And then I texted, I will stop hanging up on you when you stop judging me because it's done now. Like I can't, I can't undo it. Yeah, well... Luckily, everybody's in one piece and the car's fine. Yes. But it was when you sent me the picture, I laughed. And then went, oh, my God, is it? But wait, is it? And then I was like, why are you freaking out? Because, of course, Nancy wouldn't have just texted you a picture of the car in a ditch. (laughs) You're like, is everything okay? And you're like, no, we've lost the children. But like that was was my way of telling you. But I thought I'd text everybody and put it on Instagram. Make you guess what happened (laughs) and who's still alive. It is interesting. I think I've said this before that this podcast has made me more self-aware. Like not like every minute of every day I'm like thinking about the podcast. But after I well when I'm awake anyway. But when something big happens like that, it's interesting to me, I became more self-aware, the people that I text first, like who needs to know about this information? Like who do I want to share, whether it's good news or bad news or just drama, who are like the top five people? So you got the text, you're on the list. I feel like it's who should have found out first was our listeners. And I noticed <laughs> there's no picture on the on the same page. Well, I didn't Instagram. want to scare them. I thought, well, we'll put it on when this episode hits the yeah, charts. I didn't want to scare them. I just wanted to scare you, Jen. I didn't want to scare them. But in the vein of our episode on gratitude, it just made me realize like how grateful I am to have a handful of people that I can accidentally almost kill in your van? No, not those people. Um, <laughs> different people that I can share my news with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And get pretty, like, interesting and get pretty instant. Do you know what, Nancy? You should be grateful. And there's a few reasons why, but for that specific thing. But I've been doing a kind of intake recently with some families through work uh, who are going through immense difficulties. And one of the questions on the questionnaire that I have to go through with them is what, like a series of questions to establish what kind of support system they have. Right. And you would be surprised, like in the last couple of days of the amount of interviews I've done, only one of the parents said that she had a group of friends who she felt supported by. 
That is just devastating. Isn't that crazy? So it really yeah, is. we should definitely feel grateful that there's somebody to text when you I think it's like one of the the key foundations of being not being depressed is having a social a social network. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and feeling supported yeah. by that network. So uh you want to get into it? Yeah, we're talking about forgiveness today and how I have forgiven myself for backing my truck up a cliff. Have you? Have you forgiven <laughs> yes, yourself? Yes, I have. Nice. I've been thinking about this a lot because we decided a couple of days ago this was going to be the topic. And I'm not trying to give myself a plug. It's just back to this self-awareness thing. But I feel like I might be a fairly forgiving person mm-hmm. because I don't like feel like I have anybody in my life to forgive and I don't feel like I hold a lot of grudges. I don't have like a lot of resentment. And it can't possibly be because nobody has ever done me harm or Mm -hmm. betrayed me. But at this moment, like I was thinking, I can't think of like one time that I was seriously betrayed or I was betrayed so badly that I have like disassociative disorder. (laughs) I have like a whole other personality that's like raging. (laughs) (laughs) Just blocking it all out. Um, Yeah, a lot of people have... I shouldn't say that they've wronged me, but like that there's many people that I have felt wronged by. Yeah. Can you say that? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I hang on to that. I, I think that's super important. I was doing a bit of research and I listened to the Tara Brock podcast and she talks a lot about forgiveness and how the opposite of forgiveness causes so much havoc in your life, your mental health, and even your physical health. Like, mm-hmm. It raises blood pressure. It increases inflammation. And I see people when they're angry, like they're talking about something or I have a, make a friend with a situation. And every time they bring up the situation, like I'm not thinking of anything in particular, but it, it happens over and over again consistently when they mention it. And you see their whole face changes and their demeanor. And I just think that must be so exhausting to be this angry at this one person or this one situation. Like one example that I find interesting is how many people either hate or just or love but can't forgive their parents for all the mistakes that they made parenting. And my parents, my many, my multitude of parents made many terrible mistakes and well, bad as choices. all parents do all parents. as all parents including myself um do and it was a process for me like I won't pretend that I forgave my parents instantly for anything like there was a good amount of time there was a few years that I barely spoke to my mother because I was so resentful about things and me too yeah I think it took me having kids and living life as a parent and making living the dream yeah the dream (laughs) that's it living that dream um it took me making a few mistakes but but just even once I had had my first daughter there was a shift in me and I was like and I was really young when I had kids I was 21 when I had Julia so I had plenty of mistakes to make (laughs) but I also had that sort of naive like I'm right about everything and I'm going to be the perfect parent and blah, blah, blah. But I found, felt an immediate shift like, oh, wait, my parents are human beings. They're just right. terribly flawed humans like everyone else. And that was going to come out. I think if you can look at it with empathy, too, that 
they were doing the best they can, with the best they could with the resources and the tools that they had. At the time, yeah, for sure. Like, I've made huge mistakes with my kids, and I have tremendous resources. Like, I've had pretty much access to funds or, like, psychiatrists or, or, or whatever you think. I have had resources and, like, healthy food, all that stuff. And then I think about my mom and the stuff that I was, that I've been angry about. And I just look back, she had three kids before she was 25 and almost zero financial resources. And I'm just like, the fact, I mean, I don't want to get in the whole thing about my mom. Hi, mom. I know she's a listener, (laughs) but it just was like this huge wake up call to me that everybody's doing the best they can with the resources. And I've managed to screw up a few times with resources. Yeah, but so one of the resources I think is the sort of the knowledge or the information or the wherewithal to access the actual resources too, right? right? Like so it doesn't matter if you live next door to a community center that has 85 free services for families if you a don't know that those services are there or B don't have the confidence to walk in there or C don't realize that you need them in the first place. Right. So, you know, part of it too is is a certain awareness that develops as a parent. You, you, you it's not the minute your kid is born you're completely self-aware and you know everything that you're going to need and everything you need to do differently and I don't know. And we try different things. You know, that's the beauty of having many children. <laughs> Some of them are more well-adjusted than the others. But I remember, like, when Julia was born, we didn't say no in the house. Like, I never said no to her because I learned there was, like, this big movement of, like, right. no N-word <laughs> or an N-word free environment or whatever. And the N-word was no. So every time she would go to do something dangerous like this philosophy was you would explain to them. So instead of saying, no, Julia, you would say, Julia, the we, stove is we hot. don't touch the stove because right. it's hot. And it, you know, and she happened to be very smart and, the, and, and, and she understood and it was wonderful. And then I had another kid <laughs> and, and she's not smart. No, I'm just kidding. Annie, uh, she's smart too. But, you know, by the time Anika was there, now I have a toddler and a new baby and Anika is much more curious about things like electrical sockets than Julia was. <laughs> so, you know, very quickly it changed from being like, Anika, the reason why we don't, to like, no, Anika, no, <laughs> don't touch that. And Plus your patience runs thin after a few yes, years. and you get tired. Imagine yeah. poor Chloe. It was just, she probably heard no more than anything. <laughs> Stop it. Mom, can I? No. Mom, can we? No. But so, you know, the resources we have too are just, that that changes we don't always know which resources we need or what to what's out there to go look for so maybe you know maybe you're financially equipped or maybe you're geographically anyway all that to say that I am fascinated when I talk to people who are really fixated on like still angry at yeah their and they blame their parents for every little thing and I'm and I'm not I mean I get it obviously any traumas we've incurred endured uh, in childhood and any thing that our parents maybe did that was like affecting us deeply is going to have an effect on who you are and how you manage Mm -hmm. in life but at the same time to be aware enough to be like well the reason why I do this shitty thing to people is because my parents were shitty to me yeah but now you're 40 yeah and you can change yeah exactly like you can make different decisions exactly I think it's very easy to keep blaming 
And I think there's this misconception in forgiveness that you're excusing the behavior and that if you forgive the person, the behavior is okay. And that's not what forgiveness is. I've decided. Mm -hmm. I'm the decider on what forgiveness is. Got it. And it's a process that you give yourself so that you can have peace and move forward. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation with the other person. And I think the blaming thing, whether it's about yourself, whether you're blaming, you know, your own self, if you're needing to forgive yourself for something or somebody else, I think that the blame gets in the way of there being any sort of accountability to, and it's really hard to move forward if there's no accountability. So even if I'm like, yeah, I made this terrible mistake. That was me. I wish I hadn't done that. Here's some of the reasons that might've led me to making that decision. Being aware of that might stop me from doing it again in the future. They say that. I was reading a couple of websites I'll put the links in the show notes. And most of the articles say that it's it's a process. It's not like just a decision and then it happens overnight. You go through this whole process and there's one of the steps is to have empathy and to put yourself in the, the other person's shoes and to maybe write three reasons why they would have made that decision. Because the person becomes very, when you're angry at the person, they become very two-dimensional mm-hmm. and you lose empathy with the fact that They're a living, breathing, imperfect human who deserves forgiveness. And I'm not talking about the big forgiveness. I'm not talking about the big things like abuse or cheating. Like there's, that's big. That's not an easy forgiveness. And I haven't had those things happen to me, but I can imagine that that would take like counseling and a lot deeper of a process to be able to forgive an abuser. But I'm talking about Renault. <laughs> How do I forgive Renault for all the little slights? <laughs> and that I am like a little flower and his support is like sunshine to me. And after 21 years, still trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. <laughs> my, mom, my mom would tell you that you're... Um, an orchid and not a daffodil. No, uh, an orchid but and not a, an, a, what do you call them? African violet. I'm sure there are some plants that are a little more sensitive than others. Yes, but her point about them is that if you were an African violet, then he could ignore you and not have to take care of you. And you would thrive, but you would also be ordinary. And that instead you're an orchid. And if you, okay. if he wants something as majestic and exotic as an orchid, then he has to learn how to put that extra effort. Maybe you're 22. You're 22. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I like day to day, like I don't have any resentment to him, which is nice because I have friends and when they're talking about their husbands, there's all this simmering resentment. And I don't know how to say like, why don't you let it go? Like, it sounds so flippant. But that's how I feel about the, 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 that's what I'm saying though. I get impatient a little bit with people when they're like, well, my mom used to make me whatever it is. I don't know. Joe and I were talking about it yesterday about how all the horrible things our parents did. And then we said, yeah, but guess, you know, let's talk about what their parents did to them. That was messed up and their parents. And it was like, so when people are like, oh, my mom used to make me eat all the food off my plate and that's why I weigh 800 pounds. Okay, fine. Can we stop though? Like seriously, like you said, you're 48 years old. And you have resources. And choices. And And no one's forcing you to eat all the food on your plate anymore. And also if you feel like you need to eat all the plate on plate, all the food on your plate. Get a smaller plate. (laughs) For real. I'm not like for real. I don't know. Yeah, I feel 
impatient. I'm not saying that I, well, I am saying that I don't have any flaws, but I just, I'm saying, no, I'm saying that, you know, we have to take some responsibility and not just blame other people for that stuff. And for real, if that forgiveness, even if you want to be totally self-absorbed in order for you to feel good in yourself, because you were saying these people sound so angry. They sound so unhappy. Right. Even for them to just feel good in themselves, they're going to have to let go of that stuff. When you're so angry at a person, the amount of space that they take up in your head is so huge mm-hmm. that you're still giving them tremendous power over your life. Yeah. And like I said, forgiving them, you get your own life back. And it doesn't mean excusing the behavior or expecting change. Yeah. But you can move forward in a different path that is more peaceful to your life. Yeah. And just like we talked about with the meditation, there are actual scientific benefits to forgiveness. Healthier relationships, I think that goes without saying, hi Renault. Improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. That's like a key word, is hostile. When someone's like still talking about a parent or a spouse or a coworker, that it's been months or years and they're still angry. Mm-hmm. It's like this, you can feel the hostility in the air. It's just crazy. Lower blood pressure, strong immune system, improved self-esteem. So very similar to a lot of the benefits that we saw from meditation, which is just bottom line, improved mental health and improved physical health. You just said one of the things was, um, what did you say? Not confidence. You said self-esteem. Improved self-esteem. Yeah. And I can see that because if you are going to stay in a mindset where somebody else has control and power over Mm -hmm. how you're feeling and... That sort of, well, you were saying how they, that person is taking, has so much power over you if you're still hung up on what they did or what they said. I can see how that would affect your confidence and your self-esteem. Even if you're not making the connection, you are at some level of your awareness giving this person power over you and power over your feelings. So if you feel powerless, you're going to feel less confident. Your self-esteem is going to take a dive. And it will be super hard to forge new relationships, If you're still really angry about something someone said or did to you and you haven't let it go, I understand the need that you want to protect yourself, but that's going to affect any new people that come into your life. You're going to be carrying this baggage and you're going to be like on guard and potentially like openly hostile Mm -hmm, and, and have no trust. Sure. There's tons of people who are extremely jealous and they're like, well, my ex cheated on me. So, and that makes a, means it's okay for them to torment their new partner who they'll probably drive away or whatever. But also, like, in their mind, it's like, I don't need to learn how to trust again. It's like, I'm just not going to trust you. Right. Because this person hurt me before. Yeah. And and getting over it and forgiving would take a lot of effort. But then they're more miserable in their new relationship exactly. anyway. Like, they could be happier in their new relationship if they figured out a way to 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 let that go. I've had people say to me, like, well, person did X to you. How how does that not bother you? And I'm like, it's more like a work thing. Mm-hmm. I always feel like more personal slights at work. And because I surround myself with people like you in my social life, so friendly and nice. <laughs> but like a week after an incident would happen, they'd be like, you're not mad. How does that not bother you? I'm mm-hmm. like, it did bother me. It does bother me. But how much time am I going to spend angry about it? Mm-hmm. Now I'm just aware of the way that that person has shown me who they are yeah and forgiving them doesn't mean that it was okay or that we're just back to the way we were before and they can continue to do the 
the wrong thing over and over again because I'll forgive them. They've shown me who they are and I've created new boundaries around them. Yeah. Like that's the best I can do at the time and get on with my life. It reminds me of like, you know, when you meet people who say like, well, this horrible thing happened to me or I felt betrayed because of this. So I just don't trust people anymore. And they say it almost like they're boasting, like see, see how strong I am and how powerful I am. I just don't trust people anymore. I've made this conscious decision to not trust them. And it's like, this sounds really sad. Yes. This does not sound like a fulfilling way to have Nothing relationships to be proud of. with humans. Yeah. yeah, not at all. It's, it's just, it's sad. And it's a false sense of power because you deciding not to trust people is not you taking your power back. That's, it's just you deciding to stay vulnerable and to stay alone. One of the other steps that I saw was very interesting to me, although I have no problem forgiving, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> But this really hit home was reflect on the times that you made a mistake and on those who have forgiven you. And and I thought that was great because we've all made mistakes and we've all been forgiven. And I just found that really powerful to me that I feel like when somebody wrongs me in the future, this list is very helpful to me to first make a decision Mm -hmm. to forgive. Because that's the very first thing we learned in meditation and and gratitude. You have to have, and self-compassion, you have to have the self-awareness, hey, I'm really feeling angry and resentful. I'm like plotting revenge against this person. It's been a while. This isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And I want to say like, you don't have to forgive the person the next day. Like you have a right to have your boundaries respected and be loved and respected and treated well. And if, if you feel like someone has breached that, anger is healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it can be healthy. You know what? We should do a whole episode on anger. I don't even think that's in our list. 17 episodes. We'll have 17 episodes. No, but I, I mean there's a process of healthy anger. Yeah. But when it's going on too long is maybe to say to yourself, okay, I want to start the process of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then you can go through some of these steps that we're talking about, which was to practice empathy and put yourself in their shoes and figure out maybe why they made this decision. Mm -hmm. Maybe you wouldn't have made it and you wish they made a decision, a different one. But this comes back to the parent things. Like you can be mad at your mom for not picking you up at figure skating when you were 12 years old and you had to take the bus in a bad part of town, hypothetically. (laughs) (laughs) But... If you have empathy for your mom at a certain point and she's got three kids under 12 at that point and you're the oldest because you learn this in counseling with her at some point that (laughs) hypothetically hypothetically that she said you were I'm sorry you were the oldest I just felt like the the only bandwidth I had was for the younger kids Mm -hmm. and I knew that you would be okay. And so for that example, which was not hypothetical, it took many years, but eventually I was able to have empathy because I put myself in her shoes and I realized why she made that decision. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because she didn't care about me or it was just wasn't personal. Mm -hmm. It was just the circumstances of where she was and in her life. So that was an example. That would be an example of empathy. And then I might reflect on the times that I have been forgiven as a person And that might increase the compassion that I have for the person that I feel had wronged me. Anyway, my point is, I do feel like if there's a listener right now that is resonating with anything that we're saying, mad at a spouse, a parent, 
a coworker themselves themselves. I mean, we could do a whole season on self forgiveness, mm-hmm. especially me. <laughs> like, apparently, I've forgiven everyone except me, myself. But just to realize that there are steps that you can take to start the forgiveness process. And the gift that you're giving is to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not to the person that harmed you. And I feel like it all even extends to not even someone who's directly harmed you. Like I talked to you about when we, we were in Greece and I was really shocked and horrified by some of the standard practices with some of the animals on farms, for example. And I I think we had recorded the compassion episode already and I or we'd talked about I think we had already recorded yeah we had recorded it and because I was using those words to myself when I was looking at the farmer with the donkey saying to myself be compassionate enough to understand that this farmer has been raised a certain way conditioned just to think certain things even if you don't feel like what he's doing is okay be understanding enough to appreciate the fact that he's not a monster He's doing what he thinks is the right thing to do. And, you know, again, to forgive that, to not hold a grudge, to not just assume that he's a monster, to not just hate on him. You have to forgive that. You have to forgive that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, like you said, it doesn't mean it's okay to chain up a donkey, but right. it, it also doesn't mean that he's a monster. There's not, it's not black and white. Yeah. That's a, it's a super gray area. A fairly obvious statement. The obvious award of the day goes to Nancy. I do think for myself, and I touched on this earlier, that for some reason it is so much harder to forgive myself than to, I have so much, I don't want to say so much. I have a healthy level of empathy for other people. And I believe that we are all imperfect creatures and we all deserve forgiveness, mm-hmm. even Renault. <laughs> <laughs> But I can't forgive myself. I, I guess I have, like, I don't carry around this huge weight. But I really do have these these flashes of shame mm-hmm. of things I said or did when I was 12 mm-hmm. or even 8. Something that happened in grade 1 sometimes I have. I stole some pencils when we were in grade 1. And we when we got to school on the first day of grade 1, we were allowed to keep one of our pencils. And then we had to give all the other pencils, like 23 if it was a 24-pack to the teacher. And when we needed a pencil, we would go up and we would ask her if we could have a pencil from the pencil jar. And I was like, this is bullshit. Those are my pencils. (laughs) I should not have to go up there and ask you for a pencil. So for some reason, I got the idea to steal a bunch of pencils. I think I know what it was. I probably lost my pencil a lot. (laughs) and see our episode on ADHD, been going on 47 years. And I felt like I needed to make another contribution to the pencil jar for my forgiveness on having these pencils all the time. So one night I was at gymnastics class late in the gym with my dad and I snuck off by myself to the, the room. I remember it was dark and I grabbed a handful of the pencils and the next day I presented them to her like, uh, so proud, like, oh, uh, FYI, I have a contribution to make to the pencil jar. Jesse, you're so weird. (laughs) And she looked at me like with this weird look. And I was like, obviously, she's shocked at my contribution and impressed. So we I remember, never forget, we were having story time and she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, could I see you for a moment? 
And the pencils that I had stolen, oh God, the mom had scratched the side and wrote her kid's name on every pencil. That's She's sweet. like, these are Andre's pencils. And the, the shame. And, and I didn't even know what to say to her. Like, I was so shocked that I had been caught in this lie and so angry at myself that I was so stupid that is to steal pencils. And I'd had them in my possession for like 14 hours. I didn't think to look at them and see that they had someone else's <laughs> name on them. Oh, anyway, she gave me this very sh- sort of short, stern lecture of 30 seconds. Like, it's really inappropriate that you stole these pencils and don't steal. Stealing is bad. And these are Andre's pencils or whatever. And I was like, just slunk back to story time. And my point is, uh, how old was I? Five, six, not every day, that's for sure. But maybe once a year, I'm like washing dishes or driving down the street. And I the, the flood of shame comes back. Like, and I have to, now I've learned, talked on the podcast that I'm like much more self, self-compassionate now. And I just have this mantra, like, I forgive myself. I was doing the best that I could at the time. You were a kid, Nancy. Well, logically, I can look back and, and say that. And I don't know, there's probably these whole underlying thing about not feeling like you had enough and feeling like it was super unfair and unjust that I would have to walk up and ask for my own damn pencils. That still pisses me off. I have not forgiven you, Mrs. Burke. (laughs) (laughs) There is someone you haven't forgiven. But just to say, I probably have a hundred examples like that over the last 40 years where I get hit with like a shame thought. And in the last few years of self-awareness... I haven't done it yet, but I think I might start writing them down. Like when I have them, write them down and forgive myself for it and let it go. Like make a conscious decision to let it go. And maybe they won't come back anymore. I don't know. What do you think? You got any tips on self-forgiveness, Jen? Not yet. I have to tell you that first I have to have shame. I ju- you just brought to light. That- oh, I triggered your shame? Yeah. I'm so powerful. Do you know why I had lunch with a friend a couple days ago and he was telling me that he's going through something lately where every once in a while he's just doing any mundane task of the day and he'll suddenly get a flash about something he did or said 20 years ago. Same. And he's full of regret and he is like and bothering himself with it. Like he's he's bullying himself. Like, why would you have responded to that situation that way? Why didn't you do this other thing instead? And I looked at him and I was like, you are bonkers. Like, who does that? <laughs> now I realize that I'm a monster and people do do that. Oh, yeah. It happens to me at least once a day. I told him he was having a midlife crisis because <laughs> I'm a psychologist and I I do have tips, though. I have tips for both of you. Okay. I want the tips. It's okay. according to Healthline.com. Oh, These are love Healthline. 12 tips that you can try next time that you want to forgive yourself. Okay. No tips on how to want to forgive yourself, but <laughs> just on what to do. One said, focus on your emotions. So focus on your emotions before you... That's the self-awareness that we're talking about. Yeah, like, that's right. There is an issue here. Yeah. Next step. Uh, acknowledge the mistake out loud. Done on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or as you were saying, like you were going to write it down. That is probably the first time. Since grade one that I said it out loud. I've never heard you tell that story. Okay. I haven't even started processing it yet. (laughs) Number three, think of each mistake as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. No idea what you learned from the, well, I guess to look at pencils before you steal them. (laughs) 
<laughs> See if anyone's name is etched into it. Um, give yourself permission to put this process on hold. If you have, a mis- have made a mistake and you're having a hard time putting it out of your mind, you can put it on hold. My pencil story has been on hold for a long time. But yes, I understand that. Yeah, of course, if you're starting to feel overwhelmed, a process doesn't just happen. That's the whole definition of a process. Exactly. But you also don't need to fixate on it. Like You right. can be like, right. I acknowledge that this is a thing that I'm feeling shameful about or I'm having a hard time forgiving myself about. I do not have... I'm going to take the weekend off. Yeah. Like I'm not even, I'm going to allow this weekend to happen without even acknowledging this thing. I will get back to it. I promise to feel shame and then forgive myself, (laughs) but I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to move on with my life for this weekend. Perfect. Uh, Number five, have a conversation with your inner critic, journaling or out loud or on your podcast. (laughs) Um, Six, notice when you're being self-critical. So your friend who shall remain nameless, Mm -hmm. tell me later, um, Yes. So we, that is one thing we've done because I'm sure a lot of people have these, maybe just you, maybe you're the only one that doesn't have flashes of shame, but what did you say his name was? Peter? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Peter. I can bleep that out. Um, We're aware. So notice when you're being self-critical. Now the difference between Peter and I I feel like I should get together with Peter is when I have the flash of shame, I'm like, I forgive myself for this. I'm ready to let this go. And Peter's still in the process of like regret and wishing it was different. And berating himself. And you can't go back. You can't change it. You're not perfect, Peter. And that's okay. Um, Quiet the negative messages of your inner critic. So not Peter. Yeah. So I guess like even if you want to get down to it and like sort of analyze the situation, do that without the name calling and the you should have and what, you know, that kind of stuff. And how dumb could you be? Uh, Get clear about what it is you want because you don't want to feel crappy. That's for sure. Well, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, Jen. Do you want to feel crappy? No, but some people do. Some people must want to feel crappy. When people yell at me and say, well, I can't forgive him. He did this and he did that. Yes, but look how it's affecting you. Mm -hmm. Well, if I forgive him... Then he's off the hook. That's the big one. I don't want to let the person off the hook. Okay, well, who's suffering right now? Because it's not him. Oh, God, I'm having flashbacks of my... Grade one? Stole some pencils? I was going to say divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just like being like, it's not fair if I stop obsessing about this. It's like he doesn't suffer, but he's not suffering. That's my point about feeling crappy. At a high level... No, I assume that everybody wants to feel happy. Yeah. But sometimes with the choices that we're making to stay so angry, I have to wonder if you want to feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's directed at myself too. Sometimes people think that venting also is like therapeutic and it can be very cathartic, but... It can also be toxic. Yeah, yeah, you can't get stuck on the loop and and just because you're not venting anymore, you're ranting. Um, Nine, take your own advice. So... So this is about forgiving yourself. And I'm so that would be like, what would you say to me? Well, (laughs) right. We talked about this. If you were your own best friend. Yeah. What would you say to a friend? Yeah, exactly. Like you wouldn't hold me accountable for the pencil scandal for the rest of my life, I hope. Uh, 10 quit playing the tape. So we just sort of said that in four different ways. But don't get stuck on that loop of like, I'm surprised that term hasn't come up already with this with this episode because it really is a loop Mm -hmm. it's like a negative tape loop that you play in your head over and over again and I do think one of the steps whether it's at the beginning hopefully it's closer to the beginning than the end is to stop the loop but I love that where it said 
did say uh, be clear about what get clear about what it is you want. I think that's a great one. And you can if you're close and comfortable enough to a friend who is doing that ranting thing and still just like trashing their mom, their boyfriend, their colleague, whatever, to ask them, what is it you want? Right. Like, what would you like? Because you can't go back in time. Mm hmm. So you can't make that person undo what they did or make you undo what you did if you're... And if, if it's a current situation, well, I want them to change. Okay, well, they're not going to change, like, realistically. So what's the second thing that could make this better? Yeah, and what do you want for your own right. self? Not like, the other not, person. Don't even think about them. What do you want? Yeah. Oh, I want to feel better about this. Okay, so is ranting about this over and over and over again making you feel better about it? Uh, 11, show kindness and compassion, as you said. Love kindness and And then 12, I like this one, 12, seek professional help. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't have led with that? (laughs) (laughs) One through 11 isn't working for you. (laughs) Just call your therapist. Because sometimes people just really do have a really hard time letting go of anger and guilt and shame and sadness. And sometimes that's coming from another place. And it's not even about how they were wronged or by who or whatever, they, they're actually having some issues themselves. One thing I will say about professional help is that I have sought it. No. <laughs> it's not working. No. And I might edit this out, but I feel like I'm going to tell the story right now. A few years ago, I was kind of unhappy and I couldn't figure out why I was unhappy. I looked around and all the boxes were ticked. Resources, keep coming back to resources, but I think that's because I'm terrified of not having resources. So that's a big issue for me, but but happy spouse, kids. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to therapy and just ask, just kind of have some feedback on what might be missing in my life. So she chatted with me for a little bit. And at the time I was volunteering for Haiti. I was spending an enormous amount of time on social media and web and on the phone helping the the kids in Haiti after the earthquake. And so this woman was incredible. I after You went there too, right? You went I did to, go, yeah. yeah. So after an hour, maybe not even that long, she's like, okay, let me get this straight. You were neglected as a child. And so now you're neglecting your own children to help neglected children in Haiti. Am I close? Whoa. And I was like, I got chills then and I just got chills now. And I was like, wow. Like that was, that was crazy to me. I actually just got goosebumps. And I don't want to say that that made me happier, but that put so much of my life into perspective that I was really taking from Louis and Elliot to, to do this thing in Haiti And while it made sense to me, like on a day to day, like in the big picture, it was my own kids that that needed me. And I had to step back from Haiti. There's so I have to just tell you and you don't need it, not because you need to hear this from me. But there are so many parents who do that, who go down in history as these incredible like activists and humanitarians who did so much for people and they're then you hear from their kids and they're yeah. like, we never saw our mom. Like, and you weren't to that extent because I, no, I, but I, could have I was been, interacting like, with you at the time and you were my friend and I knew you, were, I know you were around, but the, yeah, there's so many people who are so wildly celebrated for all the work they've done for people in need and their own families were completely. And what was interesting about that experience with the therapist is once 
I had the like aha moment, my first thought was shame and judgment. Like, I'm so awful. I'm mm-hmm. such a shitty mom. Mm-hmm. And she pulled me right out of it. She was like, no, we're not here to judge you and shame you. And I was like, we're not. That's <laughs> <I was like, laughs> not what, what I'm am paying, I paying you for. <laughs> she said, we're just here to look at your life and see where we can make some changes. Mm. And anyway, it was, I saw her for about six or seven months. Super transformative. But just to say on number 12, if you are struggling with steps 1 to 11, it, it can help to seek out a good therapist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Whoa, that was like deep, Nancy. And so I shouldn't edit it out. No. <laughs> I mean, your mom might not like that you told everyone you were neglected, but that was deep. Well, she didn't pick me up from skating oh, when yeah. I was 12. <laughs> I had to take the bus in a bad part of town, Jen. <laughs> There's our oh, Never forget. <laughs> Forgive, but never forget. (laughs) Should we wrap this up? We should. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode 11. How can people get a hold of us, Jen? Maybe instead of giving all the addresses, we can send them to the website where it's all there. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. Why don't we just tell them, you know what? One-stop shop (laughs) on the same page pod.com. You'll find everything there. Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, Patreon, leave an iTunes review, direct link, leave an iTunes review, go straight to iTunes. If you leave us a five-star review, we we will send you wine. Send you, Nancy will send you (laughs) wine. (laughs) And I will just be thankful because you will help us be more visible to other dreamers like you. And if you don't leave a five-star review... We might forgive you. We're going to have to go through steps 1 through 12, (laughs) or at least 1 through 11. But we'd really appreciate it. It means the world to us. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week. Bye. On the Same Page podcast, including show notes and links, provides education and entertainment and is intended for information purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on this podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a physician for any medical needs and always seek the advice of a qualified health professional for any of your mental health questions. On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Nancy Murdoch and Jen Chapman. Original theme music by Jen Chapman. So you were talking about a list of steps to forgiveness. Is that what you were just saying? I just wrote down a few things myself, but one is... I found... I have a list too. Okay. Is it long? <laughs> I, I don't want a long list. It's not a long list. Well, it's incredibly long if I read what everything means, but it's not long at all. It's... Is it Wayne Dwyer? It's 10. It's on Healthline because they're oh. our sponsors. So. <laughs> We quote them all the time. It's 12 tips. Do you want 12 tips on how you can forgive yourself? Which you can probably apply to anyone. Yeah, that's what I want.